0: Tonight you've come to learn at the feet of Christ Jesus on the issue of assurance. Uh, I will start by praying, and at the end of this service, I will request that we can close the service tonight after the end of the teaching. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, how marvelous, oh, how glorious is your love towards us. Our tongue and no tongue can repay the depth, the height, the size of your love for us. We stand in awe of your love, as we have come tonight. Have come as grateful people, grateful for not yet withdraw your word from us. If not close down churches, if not shut the door of the gospel to us, we are grateful for the residence of your word among your people. We've come tonight hungry and thirsty and your word uh, promised us that those who are, those who hunger and thirst after righteousness shall be filled. Fill us tonight with your word and be with me that I may teach your word to my brothers and sisters and to my own soul without violence and injury, either to my hearers or to my own soul. Deliver me, O God, from error of judgment for error of explanation, that there be no embellishment, exaggeration, or any sort, that your word may come purely from your throne and through me tonight as your instrument. And we pray for those who are here tonight or those who are hearing me online, they have concerns, they have burdens, financial burdens, burdens of health, of their own health or the health of their loved ones, challenges of all sorts and kind. Lord, we know that burdens are lifted at Calvary and there is a balm in Piliad. As we have come tonight under the auspices of your word that you may speak to us and lift up these burdens from our these burdens from our hearts uh, that we may listen to you, knowing that your word heals, and that we have peace and courage to walk through our difficulty and enjoy the preaching and teaching of your word. Bless us now, we pray, with understanding and clarity in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. let return to your seat.
1: Hmm.
2: good evening
0: and if you have this paper I'm, I'm as some of you may not have the hard copy of the confession, so the paragraph that we will be considering tonight is out for you. The paragraph two of chapter eighteen of the nine is in your hand so I'll read it and then uh walk through some of the points and then I will uh, uh, give opportunity for you to ask questions if there are any. The real subject matter that the Confession wants to discuss with us tonight is that flowing from our last week's study, we recorded our last week's study, mentioned the fact that some believers Are called temporary believers and are self deceived. How many of you know it's possible to be, to self, to be, to deceive oneself? You really know. no No matter how reprobate a person is, if you are not in the state of grace, you know. Except you are in a church, maybe from your childhood where the gospel is never preached in its totality, or where some allowances are given to some certain sins. For instance, there are some churches of African tradition origin, like African Church of Christ, African Church, uh Sherubim and Seraphim, uh Celestial Church of Christ, uh Aladura and so on and so forth, that inherent in their theology is some obvious errors that the scripture forbids. One is the issue of uh, polygamy, uh, fetishism, and so on and so forth. Uh, If a child grows up in that kind of environment, you will come away with some error instinctively. Even though you may, you may excuse the accident of your birth, it still remains that if your church permits you to read the scripture, and then you are doing a diligent reading of the scripture, the scripture in and of itself will confront you with the error of your church, isn't it? It's just that over time, you get used to your church and say, this is our church. For instance, when I was having a time with my dad, one time I said, "Dad, this our church is rotten, and I'm leaving." He said, yeah, I mean, he said, who doesn't know our church is rotten?" So, well, but this church is our church. He said, "Do you know this church is our church that I was baptized by the white people in a river?" You know, some of you that are baptized in swimming pool, <laughs> these guys were baptized in the flowing river. <laughs> they never have some uh, some merits in the in purgatory than those who are baptized, maybe. <laughs> hey, so, yeah, some of us that after a while become blind to the error of our church. For instance, like our own church, God forbid, when it will happen, I'll be dead gone. Like you have invested in this church, you are part of the planning committee, you bought a land for 100 million. you put up a cathedral, one beautiful cathedral, millions have gone into it. You have the church have landed properties all over the place. And then you're the deacon in charge of property now. And then your money is at stake. All your friends are in that same church. Your children are married. Your in-laws are in that same church. You won't go anywhere. So I, I, I'm saying that there are sometimes we become blind to the error of, of our church. The error that we have accepted. And because those errors are also good to us, our flesh likes them, you know? (laughs) The sin we like, we don't want to repudiate. So we can actually be living in self-deception. Trust me. Sometimes when I drop off my children in school or when I pick them up, and somebody is passing before the image of Mary, and just quickly bend down and do like this. What are you doing? You know, you know this thing is not true. Trust me, you know. It's just that you 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 are deceiving yourself, deceiving yourself, or someone who is not who is living pu- living in um, a Christian living in adultery, and then you just assume that somehow God will not do anything about it. Uh, <laughs> it's called self-deception. So these are temporary believers, believers who. How many of you, will, and this thing, in as much as we point to all this African traditional religion and some of it, do you know some branch of Pentecostal movement now adopt some of these things? One is, is it Doug Howard Mills in Ghana? Many of you does, bought his books. They used to sell
2: set of his books like this, 14,000.
0: Don't you? Uh, people seem as a leading light. How I many of you have heard his teaching recently. That God is, that he doesn't know when people, when polygamy became a sin. That He doesn't know when polygamy became a sin. I mean, it's all like, I'm sure. Huh? That God, that, he, he will give, he say how many dogs have one wife? He say how many goats have one wife? And he went to Romans and when the Paul said, evil nature teaches that. And, and he, he took that line. He said evil nature teaches and he stopped. He didn't need the remaining really one. That even nature.
1: <laughs>
0: so I've been shouting, you know why? Even among us here now. If there's a strong teaching here now that allow, if I say that except you want to be a deacon or a pastor in this church, taking a second wife is not very bad. Some of you that are looking holy will want to try. And put the blame on the pastor and the elders. But guess what? What happened is that on the last day, I doubt if you say, God, it wasn't me, oh, the way our children blame each other for breaking the, who break this thing? It's not me, oh, it's not me, oh, is this. You can't say, Pastor Abutu deceive me. And God said, oh, Pastor Abutu, where are you? Then I'll be in the kitchen eating with the angel, My, come on. Then I'll run out with a uh, heaven pizza. See, I said, were you the one that deceived uh, uh, uh Dji? I said, maybe me, I do go to get me the laptop and then play the CCTV uh, and then and then they are running around in heaven while we are trying to it, it, it will work. It will work. So the first thing chapter 18 put out last week was that it's possible for people in church to be self deceived. And they will have assurance that we are going to heaven as if the key of heaven is in their hand. That if we even mention the issue of their sinfulness a bit, they will say, Are you judging me? Are you God? We are going to heaven. We are marching to Zion. Okay. But the leg, the, this leg, the, the leg you are taking is you are, are heading towards Lagos. Zion is in Kano. And we are telling you, This is Lagos you are heading. And you are saying, No, 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 no. We are marching to Zion. You are heading to doom. So you see, all those ones, their assurance will perish. It will perish. It will last. They will end up and it's like nothing. And the second part of last week's study says believers can actually have assurance that they are in Christ. Did you, am I, is that what you were teaching last week? And the point are forefathers Getting at is that there's another theology that believes that believers cannot that it's wrong for a Christian to say, "I am saved, I am going to heaven, I belong to Christ, I am holy, I am righteous." People will say, "Who do who do you think you are?" Until we get to heaven, no, oh, you know. I mean, we are cannot be sure. So, if this morning we left home and then you and your wife quarrel a bit, and you have not gone back to, comf- to apologize to your wife, and then you die on your way, well, guess where, where you're going to be? Guess, if you, if you watch their movies, where do you think you're going to be? Yeah, of course, straight hell. Some even get, some people are in hell now because of attachments, the kind of attachments they, they use while they're on earth. There are some that, I mean, if you read all those four minutes in hell, for Hours in Hell and all those books and films that suggest that some films see, even some children that stole meat from their mother's pot, they found them in hell. So, as we're on this earth now, you don't, know, you don't know whether you're going to heaven. You don't really know because you can't tell. You don't even know do the extent of your sinfulness. So there's a branch of theology of course, it's deviant. We don't subscribe to that. I believe that we can't have assurance, so every day we are living on the edge. Am I going to heaven? Am I not going to heaven? Am I going to heaven? So, as if going to heaven depends on the list of what you are doing. So you keep yourself clean. You tick the boxes. You tick the boxes. Oh, I'm going to heaven. But I've just oh, I'm not going to heaven. How many of you have been to altar call before when they said, "Come and rededicate your life to Jesus," or "Come and receive Christ," and then the prayer will go like this: Lord Jesus. Lord Jesus, there's a phrase that says, remove my name from the book of uh, hell and write it uh, in the book of life. So is it's that kind of a theology that's as if you lie today as a Christian, the angel <laughs> delete it. You come back again, they're the right yeah. Now, if that is the issue, how many times your name has how many times since you become a believer you think your name has been deleted and rewritten? So, paragraph one wants you to know that if you are a genuine Christian and you are not deceiving yourself, you can have assurance. You can have assurance that you are heading to heaven. Amen. Amen. And I think that's what God helpfully taught us last week. Now, paragraph two wants to point to the ground on what basis, the local standard. What is the ground for this assurance? Or where can this assurance be found? Okay. And then that is where we are tonight. Read together the second paragraph of chapter 18. Assurance of grace or the infallibility of assurance. This certainty is not mere conjecture or probability. Based on a fallible hope or a fallible hope. If you don't have this paper, uh please you can raise your hand, you will be helped. This certainty is that I this assurance that I'm saved is not merely conjecture or probability based on the fallible hope. Rather, it is an infallible assurance of faith based on the blood and righteousness of Christ revealed in the gospel on the inward evidence of those graces of the Spirit, about which promises have been made and on the testimony of the spirit of adoption who witnesses within our spirits that we are the children of God as the fruit of this assurance the spirit keeps our heart both humble and holy. So the first thing the confession wants us to learn tonight is that when we say we can have assurance, we are not making, it's not like a probability, it's not like a ratio, 70%, 80%, or like we are making a conjecture. What does it mean to have a, what is conjecture? Who can help? Are you sure conject con con guess what yes it's not like tini tana, tini tana, tini tana. in heaven okay okay I learned that this in heaven and he had three wives I, 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 I'm also happy solidage I don't know why I'm using you tonight, so <laughs> I'm using the the hunter um oh no. you
1: know. You're
0: not making a conjecture as in yeah this they're... it's not permutation. You are not sitting down like a chess, okay. Ah yeah, I have assurance. You're not looking at first of all, and said, Well, if this is this, is this is this and look at me, blah blah blah. blah. No. It's not a, it's not the issue of conjecture and we don't want to dwell more that I've was uh, spoken more. Uh but say it is Based on few things, and there are three things. are uh, three um, three things that we want to look at. One is it is based on the part of the faith of God that promises. Uh, Romans chapter five, verse two uh, and five. Can we turn to Romans chapter five? Romans chapter 5, verse 2. But let me read from verse 1. Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God. God is the subject here. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, through him we have also obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. And he continues. Uh, verse 5. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. Turn to Hebrews 6, verse 11. Hebrews 6, verse 11. I will desire each one of you to show the same earnestness to have the full assurance of hope until the end, so that you may not be sluggish, but imitators of those who through faith and patience inherit the promise. And I think if you are familiar with Hebrew six, it talks about God, uh, who can not fail. Okay, if you were alive under the last administration, I mean, if you can mention one thing, one word that were used and overused during the last administration. No. Anytime, okay, let me just read it. Anytime Buhari speaks, makes his address, there's one word that usually occurs, severely. Himself and his ministers, they use that word a lot. And they're using it now. No. Thank you. I assure you. I mean, I mean, I assure you. If you, if, If you can go back and listen to his speech, I assure you. But. The the Christian faith that you have comes to you by the power of God in the promise of grace. And this God that promise does have the full complement of integrity and power. He is the one that chose you before the foundation of the world and the grace of Jesus had come to you the alien righteousness. What Paul referred to as the righteousness of God that has been imputed to you comes from a God that can be trusted. It's First of all, your salvation rests on the infallibility of God himself, that whatsoever proceedeth out of God is infallible, cannot be questioned. Christian. It's not a guesswork. It is sure. spirit say forever, O oh God, your word is settled in heaven, isn't it? So the grace of God that you enjoy as a Christian proceedeth from God that can never fail. It rests on the promise. You say it is it is it is it is it an infallible assurance of faith. The faith that delivered you from destruction, the faith of God, faith that God gave you as a gift in your justification, the faith by which you receive the gift of justification from God cannot fail. So that is the first thing their confession want, us, want us to swallow. It's not something it, 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 you're not going to look inward subjectively and begin to pick out issues for assurances. You all to look away from yourself and look to God that promises. When God said, I will keep you, I will be with you, he will keep to his word. And all the scriptures there, 1 John 3, 2, we know that we are God's children even now. And all the other scripture that uh, has been placed there talks about what God has done in our lives. And we know that if God does that thing in our lives, it cannot fail. God is infallible, so his works are infallible. Secondly, this assurance also rests on the power of the work of Christ. Look at what the confession said. Rather, it is an infallible assurance of faith based on the blood and righteousness of Christ revealed in the gospel. Uh, Let me read Hebrews 6, uh, 17. Uh, Are you opening to this scripture? where Jesus has gone as a forerunner on our behalf, having become a high priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. Chapter 7, verse 22. This made Jesus the guarantor of a better covenant. The former priest were many in number because they were prevented by death from continuing in office. But he who would permanently because he continues forever. Consequently, he is able to save to the uttermost those who draw near to God through him, since he always lived to make intercession for them. I mean, there are many scriptures that are there, but even these two scriptures put the nail to the coffin. The efficacy of the work of Christ. Christ, the guarantor of the new covenants. Uh, maybe I can read one more, but let me just stop here. So, a Christian can have assurance because What it means to be a Christian is this. That Jesus Christ, the high priest after the order of Melchizedek, fully God, fully man, lived a life that we could not live. He satisfied the demands of the law. And then he died on our behalf, being the human federal representative. Then, and the reason this is quite key to you is this. Christ was not an example of righteousness, so we can copy. Christ was righteousness, personified. He did not need to obey God's law to be made perfect. He was sinless. So his active and passive obedience happened on behalf of his people. I have mentioned this more than 100 times in this church. Way back. I think there's no one here now that does not understand passive and active obedience of Christ. So the work of Christ, the totality of the work of Christ happened on our behalf so that God imputes to Jesus Christ our own wickedness, the guilt, the punishments of our sin. Whatever it is that was wrong with the elect. God gave to His Son, and God took the perfect work of His Son and gave to the believers. And the term is called is it double imputation? Double imputation? It's a swap. So the righteousness of Christ were given to us, were reckoned righteous as if we never sinned. That's what a Christian. And the work of Christ is complete, is perfect. There's nothing anybody can do to make it more refined. It is an active, performative, infallible work. And that is given to all those who believe. It is that righteousness, what Martin Luther called alien righteousness, the righteousness of God apart from the law, that God sees. In a believer. So it's not so much about God looking at your works. And is crediting you on the basis of your ongoing works. That God while you are still sinners. On the basis of the work of Christ. Saved you. Adopted you. And is cleansing you until you meet him on the last day. These things I have mentioned now. Is infallible. When it is properly applied to a Christian, the gift of God are without repentance. You can have assurance. That work was perfect and it satisfied the wrath of God. It's called propitiation. God is now at peace. Romans 5. We are now being having been justified freely by grace, we have peace with God. You can go to bed knowing that the righteousness by which you have been saved, you are standing on, is the righteousness of Christ. It is holy. It is perfect. It is active. It is performative. It is permanent. Amen. So it rests on the faithfulness of God. God who sent Jesus on your behalf. God whose grace you enjoy can never fail. And his products can never fail. And the work that he wrote in his son applied to you cannot fail. When you look at these two realities, you can go to bed. But not just any day. There are three things. You know, God is one, but three in Godhead. The power and presence of the work of the Holy Spirit. Look at the confession again. It's on the righteousness of Christ revealing the gospel. Mm, As revealing the gospel. Let me just digress. Why do you think they added as a in the gospel? Who can just figure out? Hmm? Why do you think the fathers add um the right the, the righteousness the, the, of Christ as revealed in the gospel? Why do you think there is a need for qualification? Grant Deji, microphone, is trying to whisper something. and He's not too sure. I won't kill you. I have left your side. since Yeah, Brother Deji.
3: I believe it's because this is the gospel that saves and it Christ is only revealed in the gospel, the gospel. not yes. in another kind of okay. theology.
0: Okay, another person. Why do you think that qualification is necessary? I'll say because it's clear. Like there's no, so there's no assumption mm-hmm. because this is you know what is it what is what is the power as they said. So mine is that it's very clear. So there's no
2: maybe. I don't think so, but it's revealed there in the in this, yeah
0: yes, but, well, yeah.
1: I believe they were reacting against the Catholic doctrine of how, you know, they presented the righteousness of Christ. So they said it's the one in the gospel, not the one that the Catholic Church teaches. Yes.
0: Is that what we're going to say? If it's similar, don't waste that time, but try. Uh,
2: the first thing I thought of was when Paul says he's not ashamed of the gospel for its power to salvation. So it's only God who hands that out. And if it's not God who is telling of why we are at peace with him, then it's to be We should have
0: quoted that scripture completely. I, for I'm not of the gospel. Mm-hmm.
2: For his power of God. Then verse the 17. For in it. In, in it.
0: The righteousness of God was revealed from faith to faith as it was written. The just shall live by faith continuing. Yes, uh, Mr. Aurea. Who? Who? <laughs> <laughs> you know, you should never, any time you're reading the confessions, one of your eyes should be that those guys were dealing with some issues, some, some romantic issues in the 17th century. 1689, that is 17th century. Okay. That, you cannot just wake up and say, last night, you know, because some of you watch dodgy people, and I'm your friend on Facebook, all of this is pop up on my world many many times. People talked about that Jesus Christ was uh, was in his parlor yesterday, and then they were talking. Most of these weird issues that we have, they to with people private revelation, isn't it? That yesterday, you know, there was time, he said he was in the bathroom, and I said, just watch his face, the Lord was standing. I said, Oh goodness, you said, the Lord will see your nakedness. Talk like that. I mean, the Lord was there in the bathroom. You know. Bishop Aredep was one day was see, one day he was driving and then he turned. The Lord was sitting by the passenger seat and he said, David, my son. What do, you, what do you want? So that myself and Deji cannot just enter into my room and come out and say, Friends, you know, the Lord has shown us their depth that are Categories of revelations, there are portals, there are depths, there are heights in God, that's, there are these, this this, 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 that are alien to the scripture. What our forefathers were fighting against was this idea, from nowhere, Roman Catholic people start bringing the work of super, uh, work of superrogation. People have excess merits. That the prayer of the saints, uh, uh, the, the intercession of the Virgin Mary. And, I mean, the more I attend PTA and have a Reverend Father comes to pray in the school where, of course, I've removed them, fully. <laughs> Finally. You know, it, it, your tummy will be turning you. They will mention Jesus like one person, the remaining 90 is about Holy Mary, Holy Mary, Holy Mary, and then the, they add Jesus like like uh, icing on the on the cake. See, if the Jesus you are following is not the one as revealed in the gospel, and when we when we say the gospel, what do you think the gospel means? Is it Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John? What is the gospel? When we say as revealed in the gospel, what do you think they are referring to? What gospel? Anyone can answer? You're just I won't kill, you, I don't have horn on my head. What gospel?
3: The entirety of scripture.
0: The entirety of the scripture. Who is with Jacob on this? Who is against Jacob? Okay. Thankfully they Deji. what gospel?
3: I'm not against Jacob. <laughs> okay.
0: Well.
3: Okay, but I believe it's as preached by the apostles.
0: hmm. Yes. As preached by the apostles from where? And that is quite key. Do you remember, we are going through the book of Acts. In my study of all the preaching in the book of Acts, particularly on the day of Pentecost, if you remove the scripture quotations in that sermon, it's like Peter's own explanation was like
2: 10%. It is
0: jewel. Sounds. Bam, 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 bam. The, 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 the body of divinity. I'm talking about the gospel. of the gospel as preached by God Himself. In the book of, uh, where? As preached by God where and when? Genesis chapter 3, verse 15. Totality of the witness of God and his messengers is called the gospel. And anytime you mention Jesus and his work, what happened in the New Testament was tally with all the predictions and prophecies and, and things that have come by way of similitude in the Old Testament, they must cohere. So the entirety of the witness of the scripture regarding Christ are not disjointed There is a coherence. That even if what you have in your house is the book of Isaiah, you can preach Jesus Christ sufficiently for the book of Isaiah. If it is the book of Psalms, Christ can be preached sufficiently. If it's Genesis, it can. The gospel, the totality of the witness of Christ in the scripture, and particularly as taught by the apostles. And if the teaching the test, the litmus test in the New Testament is that, is it coming through by the way of the hand of the apostles? And that's one of the reasons why we don't believe that the apostles still. still uh, there. Assuming this gospel came by the way of these our own apostles. If we had. Uh, if we had. You need to take tramadol to understand it. Did I say tramadol? You know what I mean? We must be on high to understand our own apostles. Who will say this in the morning and say something else in the evening and so on and so forth. Jesus as revealed in the gospel. You must seek after Christ as revealed in the gospel. Not Jesus Christ of your dream, of your imagination, of your conjecture. Finally, talk about the power of the Holy Spirit, the work of the Holy Spirit. I can be assured because of these things, the presence of the Holy Spirit in my heart. Number one, look at what he says. On the inward evidence of those graces of the Spirit, about which promises have been made in brackets. That's the first one. There are, and these, when it it comes to the work of the Holy Spirit, it's more of, it's quite personal and subjective. And the scripture has given you sufficiently the graces of the Holy Spirit, that if you are a believer, what, what I'm saying, if you, not a, if you are not a believer, in fact you will never understand. If you are a believer, there are graces of the Holy Spirit that are in you inwardly, that you know that they are there. Secondly. But much more than the graces of the Holy Spirit that are in in what that are in the package of your justification is that this spirit is called the spirit of adoption, and I think uh, Romans eight verse fifteen. Let me check the one. Turn to Romans eight, John. Yeah, let me read from verse 12 so then brothers we are debtors not to the flesh to live according to the flesh but if you live according to the flesh you will die but if by the spirit you put to death the deeds of the body you will live for all who are led by the spirit of God are sons of God for you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption, yes, as sons, also as daughters, by whom we cry, Abba Father. The spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God, and fellow heirs with Christ, provided we suffer with him in order that we may also glorify with him. So there is an inner witness. Of course, when the Bible says the Spirit of God bear with us our spirit, it's not saying that we have our own spirit. I mean, we, have, we must be careful here because it looks like kind of a duality. We say I have my own spirit, and then my spirit is saying sometimes Holy we'll say, Spirit. Yeah. I mean, how many spirit do you have as a child of God? How many spirit do you have as a child of God? What spirit? You are born again by the Holy Spirit. You are indwelt by the. Which one is agreeing? Which one is agreeing with one? And I think what what Paul is talking about is that our soul, our person, there's an agreement in our hearts that we are sons of God. And this agreement is not just an abstract agreement. The residency of the Holy Spirit in us, be a witness, there's a concurrence with our person. We do not become spiritual when we become born again. We remain our self. Our human self is living and then the spirit indwells us. The entirety of our being agrees. There is no fight. Let me use an example. How many of you understand that if there is a heart transplant or kidney transplant, if you fail, what happens? It means that your body is... Uh, rejects this, the organ, but if, if it matches, your body agrees with that organ and then it becomes like your own and then you live and you function, e.g. the heart. Whatever they put in his heart agrees with his entire person. It's not possible to have an organ implanted in your body if your body is not accepting that, or even if it's a small thing inserted on your skin Uh, here, the one that you used to put under your skin, if you know what I'm talking about. If your body is not accepting it, it's not accepting it. What the scripture is saying is that when the Holy Spirit came upon us, there was an agreement with our entire self. And we are not at variance with his presence and dominion and dominance in our lives. He led us now we are led by him. We are moved by him. So when he said move, you move. When he says stand, you stand. There is no disagreement. And of course, for those who are carnal, the Bible says a carnal man and the spirit are at war, are at war with each other. So the spirit will say take right. You will say Mm-mm, I take left. In fact, in in in, in most cases. The spirit will never talk to canner kind of people. <laughs> it's just that by their life, they are always fighting God, God's law, uh, but natural laws. Okay, and so the first thing the Holy Spirit does uh, when we talk about assurance is that you look in, you look inwardly, you can see the graces of the Holy Spirit: evidence, joy, peace, self-control. Um long suffering even agreeing with the suffering of Christ we do not only enjoy the benefit of the resurrection of Christ we also participate in his death and suffering one of the signs that the man is a Christian is that you both enjoy the benefits of Christ's resurrection and also participate in his suffering. And then you are not at variance with the Holy Spirit. Number three is also shown as the fruit of this assurance. That's the last line. The Spirit keeps our heart both humble and holy. I think this this particular translation is not too clear. But if you look at the other translation, what that line is saying is that the, the first two things that I mentioned are basically subjective and inward. But there's a physical dimension to that which is happening inwardly, isn't it? That I can be assured that I'm in favor with God when I'm looking at my life. I'm living holy. There's a measure of humility and holiness that can be seen visibly in me. That if they bring you know we fear Amadi or her more if, if I if I say you swear by a Bible now. Nah. If I said if of course the Bible says we should never swear. In this. I'm just giving an example. Do you know if I pass this Bible around now for all of you to swear that you have no sin? All of you will swear by it. You know why? Why do you think all of you will swear by it? Why do you think people will swear by this Bible falsely? Because somehow we figured out that it will do nothing. That God is not that wicked. That if you leave here now, you just go and repent. You tell God, God, I'm sorry, I know I swear today by your Bible. Because I'm afraid of the people. You know I'm afraid. I swear because I was afraid. Forgive me. And God said, I know, so you're afraid, I forgive you. That's how we think we our work with God is. And then we we'll wrote the scripture, say, look at Ahab. Ahab killed uh Zimboth. The and then he repented. And God forgave him. Look at David. And then my own, I just swear by the Bible, though. I not kill Uriah, I don't sleep with Bathsheba. I'm not like Ahab that killed uh Neboth too. So you've already the devil will help you figure out scriptures that are like a, a, a fence. Like, yeah. If it just I just swear by this Bible, I'll go home and say, God, I know I swear, I swear by the I mean. In this, my Christian life, I've been in a church, some weird church, where things were happening in the church. We knew who was doing each other. But we had no courage to face people. We brought a prophet into the church who, who began to intimidate. He said, today, Holy Communion. He said he spent the whole night with the Holy Communion. And he said, if you are not holy, and you eat it, you will die. Say we will say whatever you see. Take up. And he gave an example of, uh, there was a pastor in Kaduna many days ago, Ben, ben Roma. How many of you know Ben Roma? If you don't know Ben Roma then you are, you are a young Christian. Go and Google Ben Noroma. I think he left Kaduna, he went to U.S., and he came back like five, six years ago, and he does, he ran his church in Agura Hotel right now, but I don't know where he is right now. He used to be a very popular, but he was more popular than already in the 90s. If you were in Kaduna, uh, there's best noroma. Those who run things in Kaduna, best noroma is there. There's is a, Bola, is it Bolanta? Uh, and then there are a lot of them. There's, uh, Geolia and Co, and Co. So it was, and they said, but it was there, was best noroma did a holy communion like that. And the lady ate it. And the moment the holy communion touched her tummy, she began to bleed. Uncontrollably. You know, they'll give all examples that will scare people. Guess what? We all ate. I was standing by the Holy Communion. I was a communion boy. And there are some people I already know. I know them. They came and ate. And they were looking at me.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> and guess what? Nothing happened. So I've grown in a church where we figure out that really this Christianity thing doesn't really kill like that. But guess what? If I pull out of my pocket now, a cob of corn with some cowries tied around the corn, just corn with red cloths. Nothing. Maybe I sat in my house with if I just put them together like that. and carry some hair, woman hair around it, and then kill one chicken, pour blood, and I'm I bringing to this church now. I think a lot of us swear by it. I, I, I can be sure, i sure that half of us will not swear by that. Hey, we don't know where Pastor This Pastor, Nakugima, <laughs> Nakugiba, ba, Nakugima, Oh, he went travel last week. Oh, hmm, oh no, sir. There must be an evidence of holy living. I, I should not, I should not assure myself that I'm living in open sin or secret sin. And I comfort myself that I'm a child of God. God's children are not comfortable with sin. The work of the Holy Spirit are both subjective and objective, isn't it? They are personal, they are inward, but that show outwardly what He's working inwardly. So this with all of these things, God working, God promises uh, the work of Christ and the continual ingrain of the Holy Spirit put together, makes up the ground for our assurance. Any question? And some of you that go to some churches that say okay, if you commit sin, refuse to believe that you've committed sin, say, I am the righteous. Of assurance does not based on positive confession. It's not. Positive confession, speaking about your life. Oh, I'm a child of God. Even though I've, I committed sin, I am not the one that commit this sin. So who? It is my flesh. Yes. This is a core teaching in, uh, in Christ's embassy. That it is my body. But what Christ redeemed is not my body. It is my spirit. And what God is working with is my spirit. And not my body. How many of you have heard that before? that it is my body that God will eventually save on the last day. And then you get to Romans 7 and destroy your faith when Paul said, well with my with my spirit I serve the law of God and with my body the law of what? The law of sin. If you take that scripture like that, you you will die, trust me. Any question? So Christians are marked up. It's, it's, this thing I'm telling you, it, it, it's not even an issue of ticking boxes. How many of you know if you're a Christian, yeah, you can just wave your hand. Maybe you have you have, by the grace of God, God gave you a dispensation, a season, like three, four months, where your petty petty besetting sin were not happening to you. How how do how do you feel? You, you feel so. As if God as if Christ should come tomorrow. It's so when you are living in sin. They say Christ is coming tomorrow, you say ah, ah ah you now. You now now. If if you are if you are living righteously and holy in this life, there's a dimension. that dimension I'm saying is it's a dimension. And this is real. It it should be as if you are walking on air. When the, the proverb said, uh, a sinner runneth when nobody pursues." It said, but the righteous are as bold as lion. See, a man that is, a man whose hands is, I have mentioned it before, there is a proverb in my in my language. See, meaning, if they are saying, who stole kola nuts the dog will just be looking. If you have a dog in your house and say, my kola not that was here, who took my kola nuts just just. like this. but if you enter the house your meat is missing and i say my meat before your dog just your dog just disappear she just <laughs> yeah you cannot suspect you same thing if you don't commit adultery you don't commit adultery i can't force it on you it is why you are committing adultery and the pastor speaks about adultery He say this pastor all the time, sin, 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 sin. Yeah. When sin abounds, grace abound much more. You are, you are, you are, you are dying. Trust me. Satan will, will learn some scripture. He did the, the worst. The, the 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 deviousness of sin is that Satan deceive you, even using scripture. Be very careful. Oh, what a joy! What a fellowship! When a man is living holy, you read the scripture, you don't want to drop it. You pray, you don't want to stop. There's a communion. That's where really your assurance. You are not going to the place of prayer to look for, ass- you don't look for assurance. They are just there. <laughs> you know, there are some of you that have audio money in your bank account, you know, money by faith. I claim my millions are in my bank account. No. If if you have 10 million in your bank, it's there. It's there. Just check your alert. It's there. It's there. You don't look for it. It's there. It's there. Yes, question?
2: Yes, um, please clarification on the mid mid and... Can you
0: use the mic properly?
2: You made an analogy with a heart transplant as regarding how... um, what the Spirit has put in us now yeah. makes us to work as so one. Um, just for clarification, if you can just maybe further buttress on that. And the reasons I'm asking is to know at what point anyone knows that they are not what saved or regenerated. I don't know what term to use currently, mm-hmm. but somebody who is not saved cannot be looking for assurance because it's not there. Mm-hmm. And they might be deceived, in short. Yeah. A lot of it was based on. Last weeks, people who have canal assumption and false hopes. Mm-hmm. So, with that analogy if you can just help bridge all of that together, because it, it may seem like um, I could feel the Holy Spirit did it, had transplanted me, and I was already engineered to like work with it. So that's why I worked with me. Maybe that's why I didn't work with somebody else. It may lead me to feel like I am some prized possession who, well, eventually the Holy Spirit has come to save. Mm-hmm. when it had nothing to do with me i i believe i was already if i was turned around to fit with this new heart yes it's all god's work and it's not mine yes so.
0: i mean if you look at other salutes i want to respond to add more questions why sorry
3: okay. I mean the same analogy just to buttress i mean his question mm-hmm. the place of war of you know, I know the organ, I mean, using the analogy, the organ yeah. is supposed to work war. perfectly, but mm-hmm. the place where it seems as if you are at war, the, the spirits are at war with your flesh and mm-hmm. struggle. And most times, I mean, every time the Christian should be marked by victory, but mm-hmm. there is just to butcher the point of two, place of fighting.
0: Yes. You are not, do you understand? What you are saying is, what is the question there? Yes. So, what the spirit fights, in you, the war, is it's not that, you know, how many of you were stubborn children? <laughs> they are supposed to jerk up. You know? There's no resist. there's no active resistance. Let me tell you the other salutes. It, it is that the Holy Spirit just overpower you overnight against your will. He first of all regenerates you. So the process that will make the implantation stay was already prepared by the Holy Spirit. Behind your back, he you came, came upon you and walked upon you and gave you a new heart. You are operating from a new nature, a new disposition. You know, and then, that's why we said, regeneration precedes worth. Faith. So after a man became regenerate, God gave that person the gift of faith, and then you don't cry out, "God save me." God saved you on the basis of the fact that you repent and turn from your sin, and you ask Him for forgiveness and ask Him to come into your life. But now that you're a Christian, you know that there was no way you could have cried to God to save you if God has not walked prior behind the sin. You see how this thing is linked, right? So it is God's work. So if you are if you are his own and he has come and regenerates your heart, when that union with Christ happens and you are indwelt by the Holy Spirit, these things are not like chronological sequence. As one is happening, the others are happening almost at the same time. So it will stay. That's why we believe in the irresistible uh grace; it will stay. Now, the war with your body, with your flesh, the spirit is not warring against right against the right things that you do. He's just warring against the bad thing that your flesh wants to do. And if you are His own, you will agree with Him that your flesh needs to be put to death. You are not fighting Him. That's what I'm trying. There's no, there's no active resistance. The resistance left in the believer is the resistance of a snake whose head has been uh, uh, cut off. It's, it's gone. It's gone. You will win. You, you have the victory already. We are God's children now. Yeah. I don't know if. Have I got, you are fine. Yes, it will stay. The implantation will not fail. Trust me. If it fails, you were never his own. In fact, it, it, God will never wish that. he's sure that you were never his own. Yeah. I think we it's a good place to anchor tonight. If you're a believer, you can you can go home tonight and shout hallelujah and shout praise the Lord. I'm redeemed. I'm redeemed. I'm redeemed. i be redeemed by God. The God who redeemed me can be trusted. In two immutable things, it is impossible for God to lie. He that began a good work in you will finish it. The work of Christ is so infallible, performative, efficient, functional. If that work is imputed to you, it can never fail. The active work of the Holy Spirit will prove by the graces of him that will be shown up in you the sound of the the, the adoption, the cry of adoption the witness of the Holy Spirit in our hearts, and the physical graces that we manifest in our humility, knowing that God saved us, and a holiness that we ensure. Put this in together, we can have assurance. It is a bad theology to put you in fear. You say, it is better to be on the side of caution, and then you live in fear. Will God save me? Will God save me? What have I done now? Should I put lipstick? Should I put lipstick? Should I do this? And then you're always afraid. This is put lipstick. That's what I'm saying. You shouldn't be looking for all this. If what God has done is true in your life and you're not self-deceived, you will survive. You will survive. Amen. If there's no any urgent if I don't ask, I will die question. It is a good place to go home tonight. Let me invite our dear brother Walia to bring this service to an end. Uh,
1: Let us pray. We give thanks to you, our Father in heaven, that we can be confident in our faith. We thank you, O Lord, for this teaching about the importance of assurance and the efficacy and realness of assurance. We thank you for the Work of faith you've done in the heart of everyone in this room who is a believer. For how, before the foundations of the world, you've chosen them. And in the fullness of time, like our pastor explained, in the order of salvation, you put faith in their hearts. And they've come to know that Christ died for them. We thank you for the work of Christ. The real, effectual work of Christ. That Christ paid the penalty for our sins. That Christ died on the cross for us. That with a hymn writer we can sing. And can it be that Christ would die for us. Amazing grace. That Christ would die for sinners like us. We thank you O Lord. Even for that sureness we have. That the Holy Spirit testifies in our hearts. That we are the sons of God. We thank you O Lord for even... The work we see in our heart, the graces we see. Yes, as our pastor explained to us, still some struggle with the remainder, the passing away of the rest of the sin, but yet confident of victory. And Lord, we thank you for the assurance that one day you would come and take us to be with you forever. So Lord, help us to ponder on these things for the times when our lives might not be the way we want it to be. Help us to remember the important things that we are assured of being yours. And help us, O oh Lord, to have victory in this life. For those who are living in fear, who are worried, help them to remember that Christ has died. That Christ was the one who... Who paid the price for every sin. And help them, O oh Lord, to rejoice in that. And for those who are still struggling with sin, one sin or the other. Help them remember the cost of their sin. thy cost the Holy Son of God. And may we not play with sin. So Lord, please help us. The week is before us. Be with us, Lord. Remind us we are yours. That we may walk in the light of that knowledge. And we may truly evidence in our lives that we are yours. So, Lord, bless everyone. And for those who are not yours, help them, even as they see they don't have this assurance, that they will desire to have this assurance, that they will cry out for you to save them. And we know, Lord, that everyone who cries out to be saved, you will save. So, Lord, please save and bless us all. All of this we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's share the grace together in fellowship in the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord of God, our Father the community of the Holy Spirit heal us now and forevermore. Amen. God
2: bless you.